When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brian Dia. Hi, Rana Dia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm drinking my smoothie. I've been doing my smoothies. What's in your smoothie today? Spinach. Oh, I never put spinach in. Does it, does it just fall into the background? Oh, yeah. You can't taste it at all. Yeah. That's why I like it. Yeah. Spinach. Deceptively delicious. Deceptively. Exa- Jessica, exactly. Jessica exactly. Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> put it in the brownies. <laughs> spinach, organic mixed berries from Trader Joe's, uh, uh, protein powder, chia seed, a little bit of monk fruit, and water. So you like a little? Ch- you like a chunky smoothie? I actually don't like them too chunky, but I like a I like a crunchy sm- crunchy smoothie. The chia like, I don't seed. Like the chia seed. I like to yeah. snap my teeth on them. What's your protein powder choice? I vary. Okay, there's two. Vital proteins is one of them. Yeah, but, but you don't I, use their protein powder. You just I use don't. the collagen I use, powder. I use that for my coffee. Yeah. I I think it's called Terra's. T-E-R- oh, Terra's way. Yeah, of course. Terra's way is the yeah. one I use Delicious. for yeah. this. Yeah. Terrific. And then I bought one that's supposed to taste like Fruit Loops, but it's absolutely disgusting. Oh, it always is. What what brand is that? It's a Canadian brand. Yeah. Well. That's what you get for going north of the border. <laughs> I guess so. But, you know, they've got all the um, language on it in English and in French. Oh, that's how, how they it, do it. So thoughtful. So right. thoughtful. Sortie, now, sortie. I have a little. <laughs> Exit. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I have a little surprise for you today. What? Which is I've canceled our guest. Oh, no. I felt. Now, when Jordan was little. I used uh-huh. to do something called a mental health day with him. Oh, because he was out of his mind? No, he, excuse me. No. It was just a little treat where if Jordan was having a little bit of a hard time, you know, sometimes kids will tell you they're sick and they don't want to go to school or they, you know, right. and there's nothing wrong with them. They're just a little, right. they're just having the blues. They're being bullied or, yeah. What? Or having, Never. I, okay. Yeah. I'm just curious. No. For what? Being fabulous, I suppose that does happen. No, it certainly does happen, yeah. Anna. <laughs> I've being, experienced it. For being exceptional, yeah. Right. For being fabulous. That is true. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Happens. Uh, but I would sort of say to him, I think you need a little mental health day. And what we would do is he would get the day off of school and we would go shopping and we would have lunch and or we'd go to the amusement park, not the amusement yeah. park, the park, you know. Right. Do the swan boats. Right. Or, have like a an yeah. Eloise day, but exactly. in Boston. Exactly. We'd have right. a little Eloise. Well, that's exactly what we would do. We would yeah. go to public garden and do the swan boats, and we'd have tea at the Ritz. That's right. Sort of thing. American Girl doll. Yeah. No. Oh. 
Ken doll, whatever he wanted. Right. Just buy yes. him a toy. That, exactly. That, that, yeah. that, that seems to whatever be the right toy space. You right, Western exactly. Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it occurred to me that you and I have not been spending enough time together. Don't I know it, Rana? We've had people in and out of the carriage house. Yes. You've you've been dealing with all your celebrity status from nine one one, which people if people haven't gone back and watched the episode yet, they have to. You are it's on so Hulu. terrific in this episode. You can watch it on and Hulu it is episode four eleven. Your episode. Y O U R underscore. And I got episode. the sweetest note. And also in person. Um I was going to say thank you. That's not it. Compliments, just praise about my performance from you, yeah. Rana, which well, really felt I, nice. Which I meant it. Wow, but I want nice. people who, if they if they haven't watched, they have to do it. But all I'm saying is, I thought we could use a little bit of back to basics, you and I, where we have a little mental health day in the carriage house, where we, it's just you and me spending our time together instead of well, triangulating it over hot dog videos and you know this and that. It's not technically just you and me. I, I did end up going on a plane, and can you see what's in the corner of my screen? Oh, Sherman's back. He's back. So I did end up flying. Um, and by the way, you'll be thrilled to know. Oh, actually, this is this is a perfect opportunity to tell you. They've canceled the Burbank Boston flight. So I had to go Boston to LAX. And that's the one that does have mint. So actually, if you want me to fly mint, like now's your opportunity. On JetBlue. My, my opportunity. You mean your well, opportunity? No, you're always saying to, to use me. all the miles that you've said. Right. Though. No, you're always saying to me. You know, I fly to LAX because I like doing JetBlue Mint, which for those of yeah. you who don't know, it's like first yeah. class, lay down like, seats, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. And so, and that's why Rana wouldn't fly to Burbank. And I said, I always fly to Burbank, but they don't do that flight anymore. So now's the chance for you to give me the Mint experience, Rana. I'm ready for it. Well, so. we'll, we'll have to discuss that okay. with Adam O'Byrne and Tony and the budget. And, okay. and you know, you should look into your miles and see what you can upgrade. And oh, okay. Yeah. That. Well, usually but I just I'm happy exchange that those Sherman's for gift cards. Back. Does that mean he's been stolen? Is this a not without my daughter? Oh, or does it mean that Derek is going to come back through no, town? No, it does not mean and that. And pick Mara. him up and help I, me at the vineyard. I told Derek, can I walk Sherman around the Silver Lake Reservoir? And then, then I just was like, uh, taxi, went straight to LAX and came back here. Taxi. Derek is never coming here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you taxi. know what? I think I might have Derek's email. Rana, I old, shouldn't have brought, you know what? An old chain. So this I'm going to send, send Derek the details. Yeah. I shouldn't have even mentioned it, Rana. Look how nice Sherman is in the corner, though. Isn't he being so sweet? I wouldn't have even noticed him. I know. He's like a little uh, throat It feels like he's a little blue right now. Is he having a mental health day, too? No, we had a really long walk earlier. And Boston exhausts him because everyone's so edgy and mean. Yeah. Come here. Let me pet your dog. Yeah. It's a lot lot of stimulation. Give me that baby. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He gets very nervous. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yep. So in any event, we have a little bit of housekeeping here, and then we should just get to these letters because we have some absolutely out-of-control letters today. Let's do it. Oh, also, I just wanted to say that um, what was re- – she sent some extra over. So uh, the Lobsterman's mother always saves chicken livers oh, whenever Sherman's God. in town. But she said they're really good right now, and so she uh, got me some to give to you in case she wanted to prepare anything. Oh, right now. Are they, are they seasonal chicken livers? Are well, she, I don't know. Chicken she, said this batch, she said this batch was really good, Rana, <laughs> and she goes – she said to you know tell the missus that she can have these. And so – Oh, Yeah. 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 
So I the have other the show. I, by the way, I want to make sure everyone is watching is Hacks on What's HBO this? Max. This is Gene Smart playing a Joan Rivers okay, character. I'm reading about this show everywhere, and I know the people who worked on it. And they're fabulous. F- every incredible. last one and of I them And I hate to tell you, Lucia Agnello, who we've spoken about before on this show. We have, uh, yeah. Is a longtime fan. Yes. And she is one of the writer-directors of this show. She created the show, her, Paul Downs, and Jen Statsky, who to, are to all, all of them veterans terrific. of- uh, Broad City, yes, and Broad also City. Uh, and also um, Rough Night. Jen Statsky worked on Parks and Rec, Parks and, and Paul Rec. and Lucia did Rough Night, of course. That's right. Uh, but this show is incredible. I believe. First of all, she incredible. is one of the most brilliant actresses in the world. Jean yeah. Smart. Her, I would say, actually, her comedy is 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 the least. Uh, what am I trying to say? She's the most famous, I guess, initially for designing women, and that's a comedy show. Yeah. Everything else she's done has been so exceptionally beyond brilliant with that. Yeah. I mean, she was great in that, but you know no, what I she's mean. She's an just incredible a, she's actress, an actor's actor. With an incredible yeah. range. Exactly. And she's funny. And she's so funny. And this show, she gives such a human and real and authentic performance. And the girl that is playing, her name's ha- Hannah Einbinder. Okay. And she's sort of a uh, new face. Her sure. mother, I believe, is Lorraine Newman from Saturday Night Live. Excuse You're me. kidding. And she is absolutely incredible in this. And the two of them together, they have such incredible chemistry. The writing is unbelievable. Oh, my, I didn't, I, I will watch it this weekend. I'm dying to see this. And, and I'm sure the writing is absolutely amazing. And I heard yeah. they had all and kinds of- it looks of like, like a million bucks. They they really picked a really interesting visual style for the show. And I'm delighted, delighted, delighted to tell people about it. Well, and I, I have- You might a, have to have Lucia on. She's wanted to come what? on for a long time. Well, let's have and her. I don't I know, even know that I've you know, ever met her. You know, when people want to come on, you know, I don't like to have them on. That's how it works. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I happen to know that Hacks also had a really, really- brilliant and hilarious consultant on that show. And uh, this well, is someone whose taste I that, always... So. Okay, well, this is someone whose taste I always trust, so I, I am going to watch it. Okay. Well, yeah. whatever the case is, the show is terrific. So people Great. need to watch the show. It's amazing. Great. And the reviews have been through the roof. I know, so through I've seen. Through the roof. Yeah. Through the roof. Yeah. yeah. I've seen that. Uh, okay, so Dia, why don't we get to some of this fun business that we have? And then we have a few fun follow-ups as well, which I love. And you know what, so Ron, much I, good stuff today. You're not kidding. This is a really fun housekeeping that's about to happen. This is major. I would major. say this is major. It's one of the things we've been working on, not in the lab, but in the uh, in the creative lab, shall we At say. the drawing boards. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we are gearing up for our one-year anniversary of launching the Ask Rana Coffee. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's been a year. Unbelievable. I can't either. No. We're going to have to honor this magnificent monumental event. Yeah. On June 11th at 4 p.m., me and Rana are doing a live event that will be exclusive to and free for our coffee subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed yet, now's the time because when you subscribe, you get $3 off each bag. 
three entire dollars off a bag. Which is a huge savings, excuse me. Huge savings. And then you can also be part of this live event because we're obviously so proud and and, um, I'm in awe, Rana, that you've kept this business running for a year with the coffee. Well, it's been such an exceptional year and we have to thank our coffee people for that. And truly, it is the engine that keeps the carriage house on its feet. It is. Correct. And the th- I never feel bad talking. I know we talk about it all the time. I never feel badly talking about it because the coffee is so delicious. Delicious. And if the coffee was only okay, I'd feel a little guilty talking about it. But the coffee is out of this world exceptional. And for Pride Month, we're getting a percentage of uh, the coffee sales to yes. um, an LGBTQ plus organization. Yes. So that's very exciting. So June is a... Uh, uh, June is our anniversary month. That's when we launched the coffee. Correct. And it also happens to, I believe, be Worldwide Pride Month. I don't know if it's put that way exactly, but that right. is the month that most places celebrate pride. So what we've decided is, of course, we want to make a donation. So a percentage from each of the bags is going to be going to a fabulous organization. We'll we'll let people know more about that uh, yes. next week. But the, because we want to make sure we vet and choose just the right one That's for us. That's right. That's right. Uh, But so that'll be something that's going on in June. That'll be for the month of June. But leading up to June right now, what we need is for people, if they want to be part of this sort of anniversary coffee clatch that we're doing. Correct. You and I are hosting an exclusive free live event just for our coffee subscribers. And they've been thinking about subscribing. Now is the time. Now's the time. I just want to add, if you're on, so all the coffee sales, this is a little bit of how the sausage is made, but go through Shopify. If you haven't given us your email address, some people just put their physical address, not their email address in their profile. If your email address is not in your profile, you need to go back and add that. I think most people have done it, but we just have to know that we have your email address so we can send you the invite the and the gorgeous link to invite. the live event. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Very exciting. That's some the good e- the event. Uh, the e- invite is going to be gorgeous, and people should really keep an eye out for that because we're putting a little a little extra time and love into this. So, Ron, do you think excited. you're going to be any like extra slutty this summer? Let me rephrase that. What? What? <laughs> They're calling this summer slutty summer because things are going to start getting a little bit more back oh. to normal. People are going to be hooking up and doing this and doing the that. twenties effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm wondering, and they're calling it slutty summer. So I'm wondering if you're going to have one, but I, no disrespect intended. Well, if it was up to my neighbor who makes the blueberry muffins, my God, on the vineyard, then, then I would. But you know, you I'll really say like this. Shibana. There've been a lot of real estate moves on the vineyard in the last year because of the pandemic. Okay. With, you know, some of the a lot of billionaires have been fleeing this place and that place right. and so there's definitely going to be a new set of people in a way that there has not been for quite some okay. time. So you never know. What's Maybe gonna, I'll I mean, slot around that island. Oh, I'm sure you will. I mean, yeah. I don't know why this summer would be any different than any other. <laughs> You're right, Rana. I got to keep up the traditions. And now that you've got the Sputnik, you just have to make sure the Sputnik didn't come packed with some kind of VD. That right. they, oh, they call it STI now. I apologize. No, well, who knows what they call it in Russia? Yeah. Um, well, VD, Sherman, Sherman's VD. not going to the bathroom on the couch, is he? No, Rana, don't worry. And besides, they changed out all the fabrics on these sofas anyway. Remember you said no, but then I did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't really go in there ever since, you know. Yeah, no kidding, because it's been it's locked a, away. The whole place is like a giant teenager's bedroom. I just don't get involved. 
with well, what's going on in there. I don't, don't want to know. Don't blame it on me. Blame it on your son. I don't know why the post is sticky. I don't want to know anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, some of them still smell like Jordan. Lucky you. Sure. I, th- I would say so. <laughs> Yeah, I I do want people to be careful, though. I mean, go ahead and have your libertine moments. Of course. We still have to keep track of your health. The major problem is that people are finding it so hard. People have been so insular for the last year. They're finding it so hard to care at all about other people. It's true. And so this, (laughs) they really are. I mean, that's what getting vaccinated is. People keep making decisions for themselves. Make a decision for the community for two seconds. Could you? How about a little civic responsibility? But Fauci's getting everyone excited. He keeps saying, like, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. (laughs) Well, he's He's, in terrific shape, so he's probably ready to get back to the beach. Someone should drop a dime and let him know that Rana thinks he's cute. Now, oh, I bet he gets a lot of love letters. I bet he gets as many love letters as he gets hate letters. Yep, probably true. Uh, all right, dear. So mm-hmm. we've got a couple of follow-ups here. We certainly do. This is exciting. We got a follow-up. Now, remember during Cynthia Dupree Sweeney's episode, we got that question from that girl that was about 21 and a half. And she was in a long distance with yeah, the guy. She that hated she... a boyfriend. She didn't know how to break up with him. Exactly. Yeah. She didn't she was hate very him. Sweet. She was just, it was, uh, it was over. It was, it was like, he's so nice. I don't know what to do. He's such a good guy. And uh, I, this might be then, my only what shot. What a catch. He lives with his mother. I live with my mother. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, she, he lives with his mother. I live with my sister who's, I'd rather live with my sister who's starting college. Yeah. Than live with my boyfriend. That's right. Yes. And so the writing yeah. was pretty much on yeah. the wall. So and what Cynthia, did she have to say? Thanks so much for giving me a much-needed read and the best advice. I couldn't have chosen a better episode or guest to receive feedback from. All of your thoughtful and insightful words were very much appreciated and were things I needed to hear but hadn't realized. It was extremely difficult, but my boyfriend and I are now broken up and I feel no regret. I'm still so sad to have broken his heart, but I've accepted I need time to work on finding myself slash who I am and what I want from life. Thank you again. Love you all. P.S. I promise not to resend messages next time. You did give her a hard time, Rana. Well, she kept bumping into the top of our feed <laughs> as though she had a great white shark living in her backyard pool and she didn't know what to do about it. And I would say, we've said this before, we, we, I don't think we'd ever push anyone to break up with someone except this was so obvious and she seems so much happier now. So yeah. that's good. Well, I'm delighted that that worked out. That's right. Now, this I'm not happy about. Why, Rana? At all, this next letter, and I'm going to read it because I think it's outrageous. Oh, I know why. Okay, go for it. How dare this person? That's what I'm going to say. Yep. How dare they get into the business of how we run this show and also point out to us what's going on here as though we're somehow totally unconscious about the decisions that we make in the carriage house. That's what I'm going to say. You're right, Rana. Hi, Ron O'Brien, exclamation point. That's a new one. I haven't That's seen a new that. one. I haven't seen that construction before. <laughs> Me neither. Hi, Ron O'Brien. That's fun. Question up top. How the hell do I get people to stop sending me dog memes? Why would you ever want them to stop? I, I can't imagine why you would either. Yeah, they're the best I memes. I find myself watching videos sometimes of uh, people rescuing dogs. So You know sweet. those little rescue stories that they, yes. that they put together, those little- Mini documentaries. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Though I do think they're stealing animals half the time. 
Rana. I do. I saw one the other day about a kangaroo that was knocked out of the mother was a guy was on a motorbike and the kangaroo was running alongside in a rural Australia, obviously. Right. And the baby kangaroo was knocked out of the pocket of the mother. Poor baby. And the, uh, I didn't know that was a thing that they could fall out of the pocket of the mother. Me neither. I thought those things were like, uh, you know, pretty secure. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were like Ziplocs, of course. Exactly. So the Joey, which is what it's called, a baby kangaroo, right. was knocked out. So the guy on the motorbike went back, climbed over the fence, and the little Joey was so little that it could barely, it couldn't really hop mm. yet. But by going back to touch the baby, the mother would never come back for the baby. The mother is just going to eat that baby alive or who even knows what. Well, I couldn't decide how I felt about it because it happened so quickly that the mother didn't really have time to even go back and get the baby. This guy was already there picking up the baby. Oh. Worried that somebody would, you know, another creature would Hit come it along. Hit it or and, get it. Yeah. Or, yeah. So he took it, he put it in his jacket, and he took it to a kangaroo, uh, res- you know, nursery where they That's saved them. And I was really, really upset about it. But then I started to think about wild animals because you well, think, yeah. oh, that's so awful. He's being ripped from his mother. But then you think, I guess they will only get to spend a few moments together anyway. I guess it just depends. I don't know it's how. Not like it depends whales on the animal. Where they spend their whole lives together. But cows really feel the pain when one of their family members leave. Yes, they do. And dolphins, of course. Yeah. So I don't know how. But I don't think are. kangaroos uh, hang out together. They're more solitary. I think they're more like deer. But right. someone can. Someone will certainly have something to say about that. No joke. Okay, dog memes. Now that that's out of the way, I have an impassioned speech on a completely different topic. Not instituting a word count. Wow. This is the, 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 really the level of disrespect already. Well, I, I like to encourage discourse, but let's just see what this is. Mm-hmm. I personally love hearing the backstories to your letter writer's issues. It paints a picture and gives you a clear idea of how the problem is affecting your lives. Uh, affecting their lives. I like hearing superfluous details about how exactly they ended things with their ex or a list of infractions from an irritating neighbor. During the advice portion, I have noticed that you, but this is my, this is the part where I want to go knock on this person's door. (laughs) During the advice portion, I've noticed that you both often refer back to the content of the letter and extrapolate on certain points to apply to the rest of the letter writer's life. She's got a point. Well, of course we do. We're not going to do that. If a a letter is 600 words instead of 700 words, we're not going to stop doing that. Right. Excuse me. You're right, Ron. Which is usually spot on, shtetl clairvoyance. You do such a good job of teasing out what is really happening in the situation and how the letter writer sometimes even makes the situation worse. Sometimes a particularly long and rambling letter will have a secret unwritten question hidden with the, within the many paragraphs. They're not you, wrong. You don't say. Oh. I love when Ron says, what you're really asking us is, am I doing the right thing? Because you've already made up your mind. How true. Since Very the true. letter writer isn't there to answer questions, a wordy letter is important to give you all the information you need to dole out your, quote, not an expert, expert advice. 
because you always do give the letter writers such thoughtful advice with a healthy dose of telling it like it is mixed with real empathy and understanding. Can't have that podcast gold if people send in a Twitter-style question. Oh, did she think I was going to limit it to 140 characters? <laughs> then we'll do 40 questions an episode. Lastly, and perhaps most importantly, it allows us listeners to have more time listening to the dulcet tones of Rana's North Shore, Massachusetts accent and Brian's frankly electric line delivery. Wow. Food for thought. I love you both immeasurably. Thanks for all the laughs, Lily. Lily, I think you've got a point here. Rana, what are you feeling? It's not a point that had to be made, is my point. (laughs) What Lily described back to us what the show is, I think we know what the show is, dear. The problem is that, look, I don't mind a letter that's a page and a half. We're getting three page letters. Yeah, we are. We're that, getting that's four true. page that's letters. That's true. I do feel like everything can be said in a, a, a max a page and a half. Because you're right. We do get three, four page letters. We get plenty of messy letters that are a page and a half. Yes. We don't need the Okay. So then when I was in college. Okay. So then. Oh, and these okay, are single space, was, by the yeah, way. And exactly. that was sophomore year in college. Okay. So fast forward to like junior year in college when right. like we were dating, but not dating. Okay. So fast forward to he, he went to do Peace Corps and I went to do something else. And so, okay. So we broke up. So, okay. But now fast forward to eight years later. I mean. You're right. We're not saying. I don't need to know he went to do the Peace Corps. Exactly. The options aren't a paragraph that's like a fifth of a page or How do I tell my parents pages. I don't want to speak to them anymore? Love Jackie Collins. Right. No, Ugh. that's not what we're asking for. Write but about I, them, Jackie. You, <laughs> put it in just, a novel. We're just asking for people to do a light edit. Of course we want details. The only reason we do this is for the details. We live for the details. That's right. Yeah. Praise Satan. <sighs> The devil's in the details. That was my little joke. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right, dear. Do read a couple of these fabulous reviews that we've received. But I do appreciate getting a counterpoint from Lily. I do too. Yeah. It it is. uh, I think she made some good points. I think she made. That's right, Rana. That is right. Okay. Jack Spratt 111 says, perfection. If you're not listening to Rana and Brian, what are you even doing with your life? So true. I've been a subscriber since day one. I expected to laugh. I did not expect to cry. Oh. Hear better advice than my actual therapist gives or get a celebrity guest almost every week that I'm also a fan of. Not this week. There's no other You're podcast- the celebrity guest this week. No, Ronna, you're the celebrity this guest. This week from TV's 911, we have Brian Safi. This week, Rana from the North Shore, askranacoffee.com is the guest. And I'm thrilled coffee, you can make it to Coffeepreneur. Coffeepreneur is with us today. Yeah. There's no other podcast around that has perfected the art of ba- the art of balancing humor, sincerity, tough love (parentheses Rana), a few crude jokes here and there (parentheses Brian), class, incredible guests, superb recommendations, and did I mention humor? When my city was dealt the blow of two major hurricanes within weeks, we listened to Askrana for the eight-hour drive to our evacuation destination. Oh my goodness! For five of those hours, we were at a complete stop. Rana said something that had me in stitches, and I jumped out of the car and peed right on the side of the road (laughs) in a traffic jam. I couldn't hold it. Totally worth it. Subscribe now. Join the carriage house now. And last but not least, five stars only. 
Wow. That reminds me of another terrible movie I watched the other day. What? I watched Greenland with Gerard Butler. Oh, I was sort of curious. It's I'm really into disaster movies lately. I was curious about it. Well, Mr. Cleveland loves a disaster movie. They're so fun. He loves an asteroid. He yeah. likes a superstorm. Sure. He likes any of that. Yep. And we had watched some of the Olympus movies. Olympus has fallen. White this House Down or whatever. Whatever they are. Yeah. yeah. Fallen, fallen, fallen. Fallen, fallen, fallen. And they're both terrible and completely engaging at the same time. And so we said, let's give Jerry Butler a shot. We say well, he he's, has a movie he's sort here. of the go-to guy for those things in the past 10 years. Yeah, he's a, he's in that category. He's not quite John Wick, but he's a few other right. things. He's And he's not quite Liam Neeson, but he's no, like- No one is. Well, no. sure, no one is. I'll tell you who isn't. Who? Bob Odenkirk, because I watched that too. He's in a nobody. disaster movie? No, nobody. He did a movie called Nobody, which is like a John Wick. It was written by the guy who wrote John Wick. Uh, but really, it wasn't his fault. Bob Odenkirk. Uh, Ronna, this is all I can director. say. You and Bob Odenkirk, you we, have something for we him. We better never run into each you other. You have That's... something for him. I'm convinced because this <laughs> Better Call Saul, you love hate. Nobody. Yeah, I hate uh, watch, but love. I, li- I hate, love, right. hate, watch. I love, love, hate, watch, watch it. Yeah. There's something with Bob Odenkirk, I think, that you that's getting under your skin. And well, it's really Mr. Cleveland that has something for Bob Odenkirk because that's the only reason I'm watching any of these things. So I have something Got to it. talk to him about because movie theaters are closed. That's true. So he hasn't, but you know, he he's redone the seats in the beginning of the pandemic. Business was booming because they said we'll get these ready for when movie. For those of you, you who know. don't know, Mr. Cleveland reupholsters furniture. He, excuse me. He doesn't well, do it? it personally. Oh. He makes the fabric that they use in high-end hotels, high-end oh, right. theaters. High, think about how many movie theater seats there are in the world. Got it. Because actually think my about, place in LA, I was going to see if you could come out and maybe- No, know, he's we, not going to come measure your chairs and do them for you. This is was, a volume business that he's I working see. On. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Never mind then. So a lot of the theaters were redoing their interiors as long as they were dark. So business was booming for Mr. Cleveland. But- you know, he gets a little bored because he's used to jet setting and I didn't want to go on the, you know, I didn't want to go on the lockdown tour with him where he wanted me to go to each place we could still go. And, you know, I just, I don't want to spend that much time with him. That's not For what sure. I'm doing. Sure. Occasional. So I placate him with sort of a watch party. You know. Cute. Yeah. Is well, I'll, I'll have to get through the Jerry Butler Canon. In any event, Greenland is worth is not worth a watch. Not it's worth, worth it. a skip. Okay. Yeah. Almost nothing happens in it. And it's a uh one of these disaster movies, but it's another one of these people stuck on the side of the road in their cars movies. Is it like a climate change disaster movie? It sounds like it would be. No, it's an asteroid. Okay. Oh, okay. An unex sorry, it's a comet, an unexpected comet. That takes, hits Greenland. Takes about two days to no, it takes two first of all, I'll tell you what it's about because it's in the title. That's how stupid this movie is. Something hits Greenland? A comet is supposed to buzz by Earth. But then the tail breaks up of the comet. Sure. And so what happens, because a comet is really more of a constellation of rocks as opposed to one rock. Right. And this is my understanding. I'm sure I'll I'll get buzzed for this too, dinged, as they say. 
Uh, and so the tail of the comet breaks up and paces if it start falling to Earth, even though it was supposed to be far enough from Earth that it wasn't going to, you know, it's an unexpected event. Sure. And what happens is the Department of Homeland Security has a list of people that it's going to save in an event like this when we have to repopulate the planet. 2012 sort of had that too. That so element. nobody really knows this, but that they find out as this is happening. And Gerard right. Butler and his family, who are, of course, going through a divorce, find out that they've been selected. And the reason they've been selected is Can because- Can you imagine Gerard Butler being selected as one of the few people to remain Well, he's planet. a skyscraper engineer, Brian. And in the future, when they have to rebuild society, they're going to need skyscraper engineers. I didn't consider that. So, right. you know, you think you know everything, but just, just, just wait. Yeah. Uh, and so basically, they go to get on the flight. They find out that their son is diabetic. They won't take anybody that has any conditions. So this is like eugenics. So they turn them away. And then he and the wife go on. You know, then they get separated as a family. And the movie's really about getting this family back together. But all these flights are going to Greenland. Sure. Which is where which is they like have- tropical now or something or what? Well, that's hysterical that you should say that. Because I'm watching this movie and I said, these goddamn people, that's not Greenland, that's Iceland. Wait, so they go to the, they go, because as real everyone knows, Greenland in I'll the real never world. get over it. Yeah, yeah. I'll never get over how that was a trick to yeah. fool A Viking foes trick. That they would call Greenland, Greenland, even though it was icy, and they would call it Iceland, Iceland, even though it was verdant. Greenland is pure ice. Yes. Iceland has a little bit of ice, but it's mostly yeah. green. Correct. And so verdant, as you say, what a wonderful world. Thanks, Rana. Uh, so anyway, all these planes are going to Greenland. But meanwhile, this comet that, that is dropping a piece here and a piece there, it's taking two, three days to destroy the planet, which is totally unrealistic as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it could I don't drag. think that kind of event would happen over three days. But no. in any event, the movie, I made the movie sound much more interesting than it is. Not really. It's not interesting at all. So there we are. Well, uh, okay, two more of these, because we're already, the show's already over. We've been doing this for at least three hours. I, I mean, honestly. Like. Okay, we so haven't even next gotten up, to a question yet. Greg Able Design says, I, I think that's probably a little bit of promo there. Greg Able Design, <laughs> go, get on over there. Check see what out he's his up Instagram, to. see if anything's worth doing. Maybe yeah. he'll redo my couch. Yeah. When are tickets dropping <laughs> for the Rana and Brian Cruz? Seriously, though, oh. this podcast is the table by the window at the 7 p.m. dinner seating, dressed to the nines, getting to the bottom of things and laughing all the way through. Just oh. subscribe. Excuse me. I've never been on a cruise. I was once on a cruise. How was it? It was, well, it wasn't for me. It seems like you would absolutely love a cruise, Ron. It you wasn't really seem like me. the type. <laughs> it was a gay cruise, a celebrity cruise. Oh. Of the Mediterranean. I was doing one of my book presentations. So did they just pretend like you weren't there basically the entire time? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Were they just walking I've never by known, <laughs> I've never been more like aware <laughs> of what it feels like to be treated like a second class citizen than I was on that cruise. Sure. Even just going to, so I was working, so to speak. Meaning Probably no one would even look at you longer than a second. And not because you're you, but just because you're not what they're after. There were 2,900 men and 29 women on the boat. 
Of the the 29 women, I'm not kidding. Of the 29 women, two, there were two lesbian couples who had inadvertently signed up for the cruise because the cruise is supposed to be a queer cruise. And everybody, exactly. And everybody cruise. Got it. Uh, And this was uh, several years ago. So it was called a gay cruise. Now they were essentially like a party cruise. Oh, no question. They have the big white party. Right. Oh my God. You were on that. <laughs> and they have the bear pond. That's one pool that people right. hang out at and another one. I spent the entire time in the spa and it wasn't a very good spa. It was an Elemis spa. They're the people that do like the British Airways, you know, first class club, but you know. Oh, okay. Nothing great. And uh well, you know, to an yeah. untrained to an untrained eye or an right. untrained ear. Right. Uh, the other five, 25 women that were on the boat were people's mothers and grandmothers and aunts and sisters that, that had is... come, that had come with, let's say, three guy, three couples that said they were going with their husband or their boyfriend and they wanted their mother to come. And you so know, they would have dinner Italians. with their mother. They were all Italians. They'd have dinner with their mother and like seersucker. And then- Go to the show. rip it all off. Right. And then go, and then go to the white party. Sure. And- I, I'm telling you, it would be one thing to be ignored. That would be one thing. Right. It's another thing when people give you the filthiest look you can right. imagine. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Just for coming to breakfast. This I'm isn't not even for talking, you. I didn't go to the white party. I didn't, you know. Right, of course. Just for coming to breakfast. It's like, they what the hell does she think like, she's doing? Who, why do you think you deserve to eat, <laughs> it's really uh, eat our bacon? That is really upsetting. It was unbelievable. But then, yeah. of course, by the end of the cruise, we oh my won, God, we you won the them all over. Of course. The first night, no one came. Ten people. It was like Edinburgh. And then they talked the to people. The second night. Of course. 40 people. Yeah. Third night, sold out. Packed. Yeah. Look, I once met uh, Muhammad Ali's uh, fight doctor. Wow. And he said to me, you can't hide talent. What? Rana Bob Chevalier, greetings from the colitis uh, ward. Oh my gosh, that sounds uh, very painful. Bob, this is this is terrible. Rana Brian, even though I am writing this from my hospital bed, as I continue my many weeks long recuperation from dry ramen induced diverticulitis. Oh my God, I still give you five stars. Why? Because as you frequently remind your listeners, you have no special expertise. You were just two people offering your opinions. Excuse me. It is my own fault that I took Brian's advice and ate the asbestos-like dry ramen. I should have known better. Rana, as always, you were right. Love you anyway, Brian. Well, I just want to say this while you're recuperating. Send him to the hospital, Brian. You know what, Rana? Dry ramen doesn't give you colitis. That's what I want to say. No, I want to say we have no legal responsibility. And that's to, what I got nervous Chevalier. about. No, Bob. Yeah. Listen, when I said and eat Brian's dry ramen, it's delicious. And a litigator, so he yeah, knows. And so yeah. is my brother. So I'm yeah. surrounded yeah. Yeah. by thugs. So. <laughs> Very highly educated thugs. <laughs> so just just all I'm saying is slow down because yeah. j- then you should be suing um, the ramen companies. Bob, I'm sorry that you're in the colitis wood, but I am delighted we're giving you a little bit of relief. I will say Me that. Me too. I will. Now I like you again. So yeah. 
All right, Brian, we better just get into this because we've Let's got some questions. I feel like I've said your name a lot today. I've been calling you Brian a lot today. I love it. I've never mind my name. Maybe I'm just noticing for the first time. We can start. We have all- I maybe call you Rana 5,000 times a minute. Sometimes you call me Ronner. and Or Ronner. We can start anywhere you want. Whatever energy you want to start, and you're going to read first. So whatever energy, whatever question you want to start with, it's entirely up to you. Okay. Well, maybe let's just start with number one. Okay. Was there one you wanted to start with? No, I just wanted okay. to. I like to play a little uh, Ukrainian roulette with you every now and again. Sure, 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 sure. Two bullets. <laughs> Dear Rana. <laughs> well, two bullets does make it more interesting. Did you yeah. read today that they said that there were still embers smoldering in the basement of Chernobyl where they locked the door? No, I didn't. But the last I heard, they said Chernobyl yeah. was no less dangerous than carrying two handfuls of bananas. What? Apparently. Is that dangerous or not dangerous? I don't know. Apparently, when you go on the Chernobyl tour, because oh. you know they have a tour. <laughs> oh, you mean that's how they're selling the tour? They tell you on the tour Don't the levels are it. so low, it would be yeah. more dangerous for you to ha- be carrying like 20 bananas right now. Right. Because you could trip trying to do something else. No, because I guess the levels of potassium in bananas holding 20 of them is. Oh, is... I didn't realize there was a cor- an actual correlation. Apparently, there's actually a correlation. Oh, so Chernobyl is like basically an eco resort now, is it's what just... you're saying. <laughs> So exactly. if we go to Costa Rica to a resort that's surrounded by bananas, if you just need, we're getting more radi- radiation than we would at Chernobyl, according to Chernobyl. Oh, yes. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it sure yeah. does. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing: they haven't changed their tune a lot since the beginning. <laughs> since that disaster, they are consistent. We have to give them that. They haven't moved anybody back in. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, but they want you to come on the tour. They definitely want you to come. They feel yeah. very optimistic about it, just like before. They're, you yeah. know, they'll figure it, they'll suss it all out later. Yeah. But right now, just, I uh, really, really, really want us to go. So we're going to do our European tour next winter. I'm dying to do a European tour. And you know, I'm dying to go to, I mean, I'm dying to go to. But I really want to go to Eastern Europe together. As do I. You know, I'm dying and to I go mean to St. Petersburg. Deep East. We'll start in St. Petersburg, but then we're going to take the train east. Well, that's fine, Rhonda, but didn't we're we have to wear. We're going to see what's really That's going fine. On. Then I have to get a wedding ring at a certain at a certain point going east. <laughs> I have to yes, be. Yes, I think St. Petersburg is probably the threshold. That's for that. probably the threshold yeah. of like, okay, yeah. I am a married man, and I am married to Rana, and we have to well, get matching outfits. No one's going to believe that. Well, Rana, th- then what do I do? Because I look too expensive. No one's going to believe that. Well, maybe Maria Bakalova will come with me or something. I don't know. Oh, maybe. She probably would. She's Alaska. Is she Romanian or Bulgarian? I can't remember. I think she, I want to say she's Bulgarian, but I I can't Uh exactly remember. Yeah, she's a cute little thing. She is. Making the scene. That's right. Uh, Now I'm dying to know where she's from. What What did you guess? You were right, Bulgarian. She's Bulgarian. Uh, What a year she's had. Fabulous. Yeah. Brilliant. We should get her on the pod. Cast oh my god! Her. If she's a she might be too big for us, Rana. But we should still try. Well, her. I know some people that handle her, so we'll see. If oh, we can, yeah, yeah. And of course, I know the Borat people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my I friend. Would love to meet you. My no, I'm a dear friend actor. Dan Swimer, of course, who was nominated. He was the one that was giving me the inside scoop on the smoked salmon Oscar this year because he was nominated. He's the one who. What was he for nominated Borat. for? For Borat, he wrote Borat. Him and a few other people. Rana, I didn't know if you knew this, but you know, 
I do do I do a lot of like comedy acting and stuff. Oh no, I thought you were a dramatic actor. No, I mean I'm on nine one one, which is a dramatic show, but also I do like my background is in like you know upright citizens brigade and like comedy and stuff like that. So I didn't oh. know if you remembered. You should tell you manager and your agents. Like I could have made jokes about that, that salmon stuff. if you would have included me on that text. I see. Do, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I see. I say, like I do say, if you don't win, it's fishy. You yeah, know what I mean? Fish. Something's fishy. Something's fishy. Yeah, yeah, that's cute. I like that. Okay, so maybe. All we'll, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll we'll try. You know, I'll see. Dan's definitely coming to the vineyard because he's been he has well, been great. Uh, he's been vaccinated the- for months because when they were doing Borat, they they those people got vaccinated as quickly. You know, they That's were out terrific. in the world. So then I'll get yeah. to know him there. I mean, because then we'll all be vaccinated, so I'll get to know him there. Well, I don't know whether his weekend will be your weekend. Or, you know, I like to make sure. What I don't like is it to feel right. like too much of a party. I like my guests to feel like they're getting individual attention when they come. So well, I don't like to have too many. So probably it would be he and Derek could probably do one weekend. And what? Then another weekend would be well, Derek you is so low and key. It's not the Elaine's it's daughters, something like that. No, you know, I hate those. I, I actually hate Charlotte and Caroline, so the C's. They're like the Chanel C's. We joke that they're the interlocking C's, Charlotte and Caroline. That's not funny. I thought it was kind of cute. I don't like them, Rana. <laughs> well, they can bring you Zabaz from New York when they come. As long as there's not a rat with it. it. Yeah. Oh, pizza okay. rat. Pizza All right, dear, read okay. this. Dear Rana and Brian, I'm a the big fan. The show is of- almost over. It's almost, we're 45 minutes into the show and we haven't done a question. That's right. So we're really going to be testing people's patience of whether they like to spend time with us. Do you remember when there were rats in the in the store window of Zabar's years ago? It wasn't that many years ago. But a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Yeah. And also, was it Taco Bell? Probably. Down on 8th Street. I mean, that so seems it, like, yeah. the Zabar's Sen- rats are truly have an incredible taste. Yeah, those are the rat tattooies. Those are the rat tattooies. The, then there's the, the rats Taco Bell went to Taco rats. Bell. That's yeah. a very <laughs> different Those are just rats. regular rats. <laughs> those are rats that can't talk. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. the Nim rats were up at Zabar's. They were, oh, the Nim rats yeah. for sure were yeah. up at Zabar's. Yeah. And yeah. Fievel was where? It's a bars, probably. He's a mouse, though. Cody yeah, Rigsby the other day. Well, you know, in New York, they say if you have mice, you're lucky because if you you never have rats and mice. Really? If you have mice, you're not you going to get a rat. You get rid of the mice. No, you what? You might get a rat, but you don't have rats. That's good to but know. But if you have rats, you never have mice because the because rats chase the, mi- the mice out. Oh. The, ma- the mice clear out when the rats come around. Ooh, that makes rats even scarier. Rats are terrifying. Ter- they are terrifying. Oh, someone did write in about that question about the pet rat. And oh, what they say? Someone wrote a comment on the Instagram that rats are wonderful pets. They're just like small dogs. I don't doubt it. I'm, I'm sure they are wonderful pets. I don't want one. So no. that's that. And I don't want to watch your videos of one and then look at your dick pic. Thank no, you very and much. You want to know what? I can't cuddle with a rat. I mean, I could hold a rat, but I can't like get in their fluff. You know, I'll like never get dog. over the rat. From Big Ed's trip to Philippines, I'll never forget it. As long as I live, I'll never forget it. I've never seen a rat like that. That ever. Palomino rat it that was they the, had. It was the craziest looking rat I've ever seen in my entire life. I can't life. believe I haven't been keeping up with all those people during Because I think he's back. I saw an image of him the other day. I think he's on one of them right now. Oh, they've had him on the quarantine show. Oh, and they the have. This and that, but they have too many shows now. I can't keep up. I know. I just, I wanted, I like before the 90 days the best. So whenever that comes around, yeah. maybe we can watch it. Yeah. Okay. okay. 
Oh, Dear. and Co- yeah. I have to say this. Cody Rigsby. Oh, here we go again. The with other Cody. day mm-hmm. on Instagram said something about he posted a, a beefcake shot of himself. Mm-hmm. And his caption was something to the effect of, I dare you not to look at this like when the fajita platter comes around at Chili's. Okay. Well, fine. I, di- I didn't And it look really at made it. me giggle. And I thought, this guy really knows his brand. Well, his brand is when you <laughs> promise to send someone a treadmill. And by the way, even those are recalled, I'll take a treadmill. Oh, yeah. And when you promise to send someone a bike, you follow through on your word. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because I, I didn't get enough out of that interview monetarily. Yeah. You know? I don't want to weigh in on the treadmill, but I sort of felt like it was a overreaction. It seems like it was. It does yeah. seem like it was. It seemed okay. like it's your responsibility to not put your toddler on your treadmill, <laughs> but I could be wrong about that. I didn't do enough digging. I, I didn't, didn't do, do a deep dive digging. either, but just on its surface, <laughs> I agree with your statement just now. That's for sure. And I don't mean to make light. I just- No, I mean, I don't even know the details. seemed complicated. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Brian. Ronner. I feel strongly about something else here, which is that we have to tell people, I have been listening to a podcast that I absolutely love. I said no gifts. That is exactly, this will come as no surprise to anyone because we had Bridger on the show. Bridger Weiniger. If you have not taken that extra step and gone from hearing his excellent episode on our show and then gone to listen to his show. No one's doing a podcast like this. He was one of my favorite episodes that we had him on Rana. And I got to say his concept for, I said, no gifts is so good. Yeah. Cause he, tell me if I get this right, Rana. Yeah. He invites a good friend or even an enemy over for conversation. Yeah. He insists no gifts, but his guests always disobey and bring him a gift anyway. An unexpected conversation and hilarity just ensue. And then they just eventually get to talking about what's under the wrapping paper. But and the he, discussion could go he anywhere. He always pretends he's upset about the gift. But right. he always accepts the gift. Yeah. And he has the most unique Smart voice. that way. He's so funny. He is so funny. The interviews are genuinely engrossing and interesting. I love yes. this. And I have to tell you, the theme song, which is sung by Amy Mann, has been stuck in my head for, I don't know, three weeks now. It's a catchy tune. Yeah. And he has all the best people on. He had Emma Thompson. Unbelievable. She she approached him, excuse me. She approached him. Yeah. Karen Kilgariff, John Early, uh, yep. Jessica Chaffin. Never heard of her. Oh, she's so funny, Rana. Ugh, so funny. I'm so tired of people bringing her up to me. Really? She's everywhere. She's like one of the funniest people alive. Yeah. Oh, that's what I that's what I keep hearing. Yeah. Uh, well, all she, I know is she's in good company with this crowd. Louis Vitel. Yeah. Yep. Z-Way. Her show looks so good. I'm yeah, so excited for that's it. That's no joke. I mean, yeah. she is something else. It comes out every Thursday. And it's wherever you get your podcasts, but it's also, of course, part of the Exactly Right Network. So, Correct. Yeah. I said no gifts every Thursday. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And you could follow them on I Said No Gifts on Instagram. Terrific. I love Bridger. And also, I want to go to- He really put up with a lot from us on that episode. He was. Oh, you know, but he has very specific opinions. He knew what he wanted. He knew what he thought. And he gave his advice 
I love that. The, I mean, truly, he did. He had gut reactions. Yeah. It was nice. I love people with a strong tech. So. Me too. And Rhonda, just so you know, I, I said yes gifts. Oh, yes gifts. So just for the future. Send Brian any gifts. So don't ever want. approach my home or my carriage house without a with gift. A, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Attention carriage house members, Rhonda here to tell you all about FM. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create our podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Dear Bonnet and Brian, it's like this person knew we weren't going to have a guest. I'm a fan of the pod, and I'm hoping you can help me figure out how to navigate some rough waters. I've been in a musical group with several other women for a couple years now. When we first started playing together, one of the women and I hit it off. I know, fun. The go-go's. We had a blast at rehearsal. And we in came, Vogue, I was in thinking. In Vogue, maybe yeah. in Vogue. We Hold had a bl- on. Oh, so good. To your love. I loved them. Yeah, great song. Ooh, we had, my first mistake was, yeah. Rana. Yeah, still holds up. Still it holds does, up. All their songs yeah. are just cl- yeah. instant classics. Yes. No, you're never going to get it. That's a good one. Terrific. We had a blast at rehearsal and would occasionally socialize outside of official group gatherings. Okay. Then after a year or so, or so, she started being hostile toward me, rolling her eyes when I talked, contradicting or correcting everything I said, interrupting me, shooting down my ideas. When I would approach her about it, she would act surprised like she had no idea what was going on. Then every couple months, she started pulling me aside and asking me why I was mad at her. I would explain that I'd backed off because she acts like I constantly irritate her, which again, seemed to surprise her. Then one day, out of nowhere, she asked if I was secretly gay. I said no. Things continued to be weird, and she continued to be hostile, taking deep breaths before answering my questions and telling me things like my struggled with disordered eating is, quote, just my mindset, and responding, oh, whatever, when I said I was worried about being lonely over the winter during COVID. Hmm. I'm single and work from home. I'm, I'm working from home during the pandemic. Then recently we had another sit down and she told me that A, she is and has been deeply jealous of me. And B, she realized that she has romantic feelings for me and interprets any slightly negative comment or action from me as a rejection, which is why she's so hostile. I've had to deal with this before. She sees herself at being at the center of a lot of other people's actions. She's the kind of person who thinks that friend social media posts are passive aggressive digs at her when they actually have nothing to do with her at all. So I can only imagine what secret messages she thinks I'm sending her. I was Hmm. very surprised by her revelation because I've interpreted her behavior as that of someone who seriously dislikes me rather than the opposite. And because prior to this, I've only known her to be interested in men. We ended the conversation on good terms, I think, agreeing to try to be better friends to each other and understand each other's motivations better, but things haven't improved. I also promised not to tell anyone we both know or anyone in the group, so now I'm stuck in this weird place where I have to be tolerant of her behavior, 
and put up with it when she acts like the problem is that I'm an asshole, not that she's basically dealing with unrequited love. I'm in my late 30s. She's in her early 40s. So this isn't college drama, even though it feels that way. Is there any hope? What can I do to improve things? It's not like I slept with her husband and now we have to learn how to coexist while I atone for my sins. From what I can tell, my crime is being too awesome. Yeah, just like Jordan when we were talking about the mental health day. Yeah, right. I'm not. This is a lot like Jordan's situation. Oh, this happens to him all the time. Oh, I have no doubt about it, Ronnie. I I just can't tell which person he is. He can never see that that's what's happening. But I, I always know they're jealous or they're in love with you. You know, that's what the problem is. It's not that he's sort of no shifty or okay. No. Shifted. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make myself smaller that so she so that she feels less insecure around me. <laughs> but I also want to be empathetic, and I do understand that being around someone who you always have feelings for ah, that are unreturned being is very empathetic hard. With her, but that shouldn't mean I have to always turn the other cheek. Ron and Brian, in your infinite wisdom, what do you suggest? Thank you so much. Please keep me anonymous. Sincerely, honestly, why can't I find a man who is this into me? Yeah. Well, you said you've been through this before, so let's hear it. Only the first part where I worked with someone who on a dime started being so mean to me. And it was a workplace situation that I couldn't get out of, and they were my superior. And it was really, really, really hard and really uncomfortable and and just – this person would cut me off, be so rude to me, hmm. and they were like my boss, so it wasn't anything I could really do, but it was like on a dime. And then I found out much later that this person had had a crush on me, and then I guess through another person at work had found out that I had a boyfriend, and it was just – it was acted as if I had led him on or lied to him about it. <sighs> it was awful, and it was yeah. it like made me cry in the bathroom. I hated it. How me. long did it go on for, and how did you get out of it, or did the job end? The job ultimately ended, yeah. 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 Um, but the second part about, like, listen, it wasn't like I was in the room with him constantly either because we we weren't coworkers. You know what I mean? I just saw, he was in the office, so I saw him uh, quite a bit. But, um, but yeah, I mean, she... It just sucks that this is fucking with your livelihood because you join a band because you love it, you know? Yeah. I'm curious how this is affecting the band dynamic, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably haven't had live shows in a while because of COVID, but I am curious if they're still rehearsing and this is affecting things, et cetera, et cetera. I think... I don't really think you owe this person anything anymore. That whatever that mm. thing was that you did where you said, okay, I agree not to tell anyone. I don't really think that holds. I think you can tell people. I mean, I don't know. It's tough because you're also dealing with someone's secret sexuality, it sounds like. Well, I can't tell if the other girl is out or not out. It didn't seem like it because the writer said that um, she'd only ever known her to be interested in men. Oh, she did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I think you, if you want to, for the sake of the band dynamic, you can have one more conversation with this person. Right. Where you can say, look, this is becoming untenable. So I don't know what you want to do about this. I just, I don't like the way you treat me. I'm not interested in the resentment. And I don't know what to do about it. I think it's affecting the band dynamic, et cetera, et cetera. And the other thing is, I'm not crazy about being burdened by holding you secret. 
I'm not interested yeah. in gossiping about you. But it's, re- it's exactly what you said to us at the end of this letter. It's com- patently unfair. It's completely. That I am being painted as some kind of an asshole as a result of your behavior. When that's not what's, we, we both know that's not what's going on. Not to mention, it's certainly a lot to ask. I mean, this, the person who wrote in, clearly the way she signed it, is exclusively interested in being with a man. Yeah. You know, and so this is such a bridge too far for someone to be upset that you're not attracted to them, even though the person you're attracted to has never been interested in, or I don't want to say never or put words in her mouth, but is not interested in being with a woman right now. It doesn't, re- the, the truth is that none of this is your responsibility. None. And that the way this person is dealing with this and is affected by this has everything to do with whatever identity crisis they're going through or whatever their reason is for not being it, openly bisexual or whatever. Right. That's, and that's their business and their thing. There's never but it has an been ex- dropped on you because there's never it's an excuse the to dynamic. be mean. There just is yeah. never an excuse to be mean. I don't care what she's going through. I it agree. has nothing to do with you except that she has a crush on you, but that's not your problem. This is also incredibly juvenile behavior. This is what this is what people do. Uh, you know, these are the kind of ways we behave in junior high school and high school that we regret, and even college sometimes. But that we look back should be able at this point in our early forties to look back on it and say, "I was so scared, and I was this, and I was right. that, and that's why I behaved that way." And it's not something to feel shame about. It's just something to understand in the development of a person. Right. But this woman's in her 40s. She's in her 40s, which is sort of like, I get that maybe she could be coming to terms with her sure. sexuality for the first time. And that might, might be very confusing. But she is old enough to know that you don't treat people the way she's treating you. Not to mention she's exhibiting all this behavior that why would anyone want to be with somebody anyone. that this is how they behave? Why would anyone want? And yeah, I think- She's trying to- mitigate the pain and the disappointment that she feels about this unrequited crush that meaning the perpetrator here yes and the other question is why has she chosen this unrequited crush because she can't confront what's going on with herself on some level she's chosen someone that's unattainable but for some reason her inner maelstrom has become your problem and i it's really a terrible problem to be. I mean, the truth is, ultimately, probably the only thing you can do is either she leaves the band or you leave the band. Mm-hmm. But the you can have one more conversation with her where you just say, look, I, I've had enough of this. And I've tried to be really sensitive. We Everyone knows what it feels like to not get what you want in this world. And it's yeah. a terrible feeling. It is. It is. But I really don't even think this is about me. It's really what I want to talk about. It's not me and how, well, I don't feel that way about you anymore anyway. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Well, that's wonderful and I'm happy for you, but I don't understand why you're treating me so poorly. So if there's something I've actually done, did you inadvertently say something? Did you this? Did you that? I'd love to know what it is. But short, short of that, I can't see a reason for you to be cruel unkind, mm-hmm. dismissive, shitty, overall shitty. Yeah. So if no there's one. a reason for this beyond your feelings, 
I'd love to know what it, if it is. Yeah. And if there isn't, you need to find a way to grow up because it's affecting the dynamic yeah. and it's not my fault Mm-mm. you're having a hard time. I've tried and, to be understanding about that. And if she comes back with like, oh, sorry, yeah, you're right. I just need patience. Just be like, no, I, there's no such thing as patience when you're being treated like a dog. So no. So it either I, stops or one of the, you know, or that's it. Or I just won't speak to you anymore. And I'm definitely not going to do the thing where we all pretend nothing's happening because everybody yeah. in the group can feel it. Yeah. And I have no interest. This is your business. Da 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 da. I have no biz- interest in sharing your business with the group. But I really have no interest in being in your behavior affecting how the group perceives me. And yeah. I and I hope you can see how that's unfair. Yeah, the whole thing and, is so unfair. And maybe this person will snap out of it, and maybe they won't. I think but it, I don't think you owe her anything. No, I don't think you owe her patience or yeah. time or understanding. I, there's just no reason to treat somebody like that. There just yeah. isn't. But that is a tricky and terrible situation, I would yeah. say. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Shall right. we move on? Let's Please let on. us know. I'm desperate to I know, know me what, too. I always what happens know. with this. Yeah. People have been good about writing us updates. They lately, have. Which I'm interested in, yeah. Hi, Ron and Brian. Another that's just for the two of us. Love it. It's like it's they It's like knew. they knew. It's like they could feel that we all needed our little mental health deck today. It's true, Ron. First of all, I'd like to thank you so much for being one of the highlights of my week for the past year and a half or so. You make lunch breaks, folding laundry, and neighborhood walks so much funnier. Mm. So, my question is, should I offer my eggs to my best friend, Jacob? <laughs> Let's just right into it. Love it. I have known him since I was 12 years old. We went to middle school and high school together. We went to college close by one another. After college, we lived in the same building for five years. My point is, he is like family to me. Now we're both in our 30s and married. Jacob is gay and he and his partner are looking to start a family soon. They've been looking into surrogacy and it's expensive. Jacob and his partner are not strapped by any means, but it's still a lot of money. Jacob has casually made comments to me. So do you know of anyone trying to get rid of one of their eggs? I told my husband the other day that I was going to tell them I would give them one of my eggs and he literally LOL'd. Wow. He said, you think they want your eggs? I laughed with him. I am a recovering alcoholic, 10 years sober, and I have bipolar disorder, which is very treatable with therapy and medication. My husband and I want kids of our own someday, but we've definitely had a conversation about whether or not it would be wise to bring a kid into the world with my DNA. Our conclusion as a couple has been that it's a crapshoot and everyone has their struggles, so we'll try someday. Despite my genetic makeup, I still think if the situation were reversed, I would want to know that there is a free egg out there from someone that I really care about. My husband said I shouldn't offer until they ask, but they did kind of ask, right? Am I putting myself in a bad situation or am I doing something kind? Maybe they would also conclude that it's all a crapshoot and everyone has their struggles. Maybe they would want the egg to come from someone they know they could tell their kid uh, who their mom was. I don't know why I have this strong desire to offer up my fucked up eggs to them, but I do. What should I do? Sincerely, Amelia. 
I mean, they didn't ask you. They didn't ask you. No. And um, they asked you if you knew anyone. <laughs> yeah. They asked. They asked if you knew anyone but you, basically. Yeah. No. Uh, they no, they didn't not ask you. Quite, but yeah. No, I know. Of course not. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't offer unless you. I don't know unless you want to offer, but it does. It does seem that if I wouldn't offer because they would have asked you. And you don't want to make this an awkward situation where all of a sudden, like, wait, you don't want my, you know what I mean? Like, why where another person laughs in your face at the idea right. that by the way, that yours. part. I mean, you and your husband must have a. Actually, you must have a wonderful relationship. If like you, it sounds like you both laughed at that. You both had a laugh. Have a dark mutual sense of humor, but um, also I will say, in terms of the the bipolar thing, I, I don't know much about bipolar. I just read this book on schizophrenia that. It's very rare that stuff like that passes parent to child. It usually is from a couple generations back. And what's difficult about those things is that, um, how do I say it? Those things went unchecked for so long historically that are untreated and all that. But um, I do think a lot of it is a crapshoot in terms of that. I don't know if bipolarism or... um, alcoholism how genetic or not it is yeah i I imagine it is somewhat uh but i don't know if they i don't know if the science is out or if i just don't know i probably just don't know but um but i would say just in general to answer the question i think i know the answer to they didn't ask you yeah question number two to a point about long letters which by the way this wasn't that long but there's still plenty of hidden details in this for lily's for lily's benefit correct Uh, the question is really your last question. Why do you want to give these people? This is, you want to give them your ex. Mm -hmm. You want to pass on your genetic material, not because they need it and you're desperate to be an altruist in this situation, but because you want to. You also said you wanted kids of your own at some point. So I think this is maybe that just needs to come sooner versus later. I think the pro- real crux of the issue is the husband laughing a little too hard. Yeah, that is that. And that would rub me the wrong way. And them saying they're going to try someday, because what she knows that means is as much as he laughed, what he's really saying is I'm not sure I want to ever do that. You think he's kicking a can? I do. And they're in the mid thirties. So if they want kids, they have to start trying to, unless they want it to get complicated and expensive. And so, and that they're in the same boat as, uh, this same sex couple that wants to have a baby. I'm not saying people have to have kids in their thirties. I'm just saying that medically it becomes more complicated as you get older. It keeps getting harder and harder. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's something you want and you really know you want it, you may as well try when you're ready to try. Because yeah, but you're right, Ron. It sounds you like want, you might be ready to try only because you seem to be very eager to to She can't put this to bed. She wants kids. Yeah. But she knows that there are potential struggles ahead for that person. And I would say probably the most important thing, I'll say this about a baby in a family is that the mother, the parent, whoever it is, whoever's raising this child, two fathers, two mothers, whatever it is, that person 
needs to grow, the child needs to grow up in a stable, loving, Mm. reasonable environment where the child's safety and stability are the priority of the household. I'm not saying the child has to run the household. I'm just saying what affects people as they grow up is, is growing up in an unstable household or with a parent. You seem to have your alcoholism and your bipolar disorder. Say, she seems very control. self-aware. Yeah, she seems wonderful. to know exactly what's going on with her. That's wonderful. You, but that was a struggle for you, obviously. You had to get sober. And you had to get, and you are on top of your medication, et cetera, et cetera. But none of that happens without the need for intervention. So whether it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago, you had a bumpy ride and now you're doing great. So you would bring, be bringing your child into a stable, loving household. And that is the primary thing. Whether or not your child has one leg or bipolar disorder or whatever it is, isn't really something you can control. And the child gets your DNA and gets your husband's DNA. And if you want a family, of course, it is a roll the dice situation, but it is for everyone. When, when, of course, there are risk factors that are increased for certain people, but it's time to be having these real conversations. And it's also time to be, and we talk about, occasionally we talk about Dr. Eliza and her podcast, Raising Good Humans, who we called for the Drew Barrymore uh, clarification. But she talks a lot about early childhood development on that podcast. And the stability of the household, and I'm oversimplifying that, is what matters. So you and your husband would already be bringing a child into a good situation. But you can't control whatever the struggles are that this child might have. That's just one of the unknowns you're going to have to let go of. And you have to remember that even if you didn't have this somewhere in your family, it might've existed and not affected you. You know, like they're just, it, 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 no one can really say what a, what a child's going to be like, no matter your history, really. Exactly. And, um, and, or at least in terms of this sort of thing, but like, for instance, my, I am related to someone who has severe bipolar. Yeah. Whose kids grew up to be, um, one, like one's a doctor, one's a pharmacist. They're, they have no issues. And they're completely uh, stable people. Completely stable people. Yeah. So, you know, it is all a crapshoot, I guess. But I think, Rana, yeah, you've got the answer. It is it, the stable environment is what's the most important. But the problem is that you and your husband, uh, you'd have to address this together. This yeah. really, your issue is about you have some impetus to pass on your genetic material. And... You need to come to terms with that. You need to either say we're having a family or say we're not having a family or we're adopting or we're doing whatever. There's a lot of ways to have a family. But I don't think the other thing that's hysterical is that in your household at the moment, the prevailing idea is that your eggs aren't good enough for the two of you. But you both have agreed to that at the moment. But they're good enough for them, which I think is hysterical. But- the, also, the, all we're hearing every day lately is people need to be having babies. It's the lowest yeah. birth rate in like 40 years or something. Just yeah. like no one's no one's doing we're it. We're never going to beat China if people don't have babies. It's true, Brian. It's true. It's for yeah. the economy. You've got to yeah, do it. Do it for the war effort. Do it for capitalism. <laughs> but the, unre- the there's a lack of resolution uh, with you inside yourself about wanting to be a mother. And that's what this is about. And you're sort of trying to kind of farm out the responsibility uh, 
of dealing with it to somebody else and that you sort of ensure that you have a baby, but it's not really your baby, et cetera, et cetera. And also Brian's right. They really didn't ask. And also if they do ask, I would think very seriously about whether to say yes to something. Whether you want that for them or whether you want. I think it's very complicated. To be a mother. I think it always sounds lovely, but I think it's very complicated. Yeah. And I think it's a big responsibility. Uh, to know the person who donates the egg to your family, et cetera, yes. et cetera. That has to be a very, very stable foundation. But also maybe if, if you do want children, if that's really what's behind it and you don't, it's like, I say this all the time, but it's like how Oprah says, you sometimes have a hard time saying out loud the thing you want for yourself because you're just scared of it. So if it is something that you want to have a child, if you want to start a family, just talk seriously with your husband about it and tell him not to laugh. Yeah, <laughs> and if it's and, not, then that's different. And you might need to talk about it with a third party because yeah, it's a big decision hurts. for the family. That's right. And there may, everybody is entrenched in their point of view at the moment because you've talked about this whenever, five years ago, two years ago, and everybody just, it's fro that conversation is currently froze. Everybody put a pin in it in that place. And obviously we're not, that's not how we're feeling anymore. So it's time for, we always talk about our evaluations. It's time for a new evaluation. Right. Do we need a new powder room or are we living with this powder room for another two years until we can afford to redo the whole downstairs? Sure. Yeah. All right, dear. Now this is our last one, and boy, is it made for you. I'm so this is sad. a date. This is a Dateline episode of a question. It really. This is wild. Yeah. This yeah. really is wild. It. This. I want to say this. We debated whether this should be the cliffhanger because it's that good. Because it's that good. But we said, you know, we give all the great cliffhangers to it's the Patreons, true. so we're going to give it to and today the regular feels so people intimate, today. Rana. Yeah. That I feel like let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Dear Rana and Brian and any fab guests that may be on. May. Rana's the guest. Yeah. That's me. Coffeepreneur. Local coffeepreneur. Coffeepreneur Rana Glickman. International coffeepreneur. Are you kidding? Didn't we send some to Ireland? It's true. We do ship internationally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think shipping to Israel is going to be any easier these days. Probably not. It's a really terrible situation. Yeah. First of all, I could listen to you read the phone book. I'm from Mass, but don't have an accent. Wish I did. You're so funny, and something about your accent. Wish you did. And something about your accent makes me miss clam chowder and Red Sox games. Anyway, I digress. I'm writing you about an ex of mine. We dated for 10 years in the 90s. He was a really dynamic person who knew everything, including cool celebrities like Jane Goodall and Bjork. I was 20. Wow. Yeah. I was 20 when I met him, and he told me he was 34. The first red flag was I found out he had shaved five years off his age and had been lying to me about it for years. There were other red flags, Hmm. but I'll get to the point. After we broke up, we remained close and had a ton of mutual friends. I consider his family, who are all incredible people, my family. As you can imagine, after 10 years, we became very intertwined in each other, entwined in each other's lives. We kept in touch, and though he is, was sometimes inappropriate, sending me a nude pic six years later when he knows I'm now married to another man, we stayed in touch. Until about okay. a year ago, when someone sent me his mugshot. Hmm. He had been arrested for luring young boys and men into his house via a couch surfing app and secretly taping them in the shower. There were like a hundred videos. According to a mutual friend, he believed he'd done nothing wrong, that it was a locker room peak and a mindless game. 
What the actual fuck? So gross, delusional, and sociopathic, right? Soon after his first arrest, he was arrested. Oh my God. He was arrested again. Yes, yes, and yes. He was arrested again for child pornography. The whole thing is toxic and sad, given the fact that he was such an inspiration to so many. How was he an inspiration? Well, I guess he was sort of a man about town and that there's a reason that all the, I mean, the Jane Goodall wanted to be friends with him and Bjork wanted to be, you know. Right. He was a, He's a little bit I, of like, um, did you see An Education with Peter Sarsgaard and Carrie Mulligan? No. It's from a long time ago, but it's that sort of Pied Piper dynamic of like someone yeah. who's just so, you just want to be around, you know, has that energy. Yeah. And I don't know what he did, but, uh, or does for a living, but. There's some value there, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he texted, um, ba, ba, ba. the whole thing is toxic and sad given the fact that he was such an inspiration to so many. He texted everyone like nothing was wrong. He slowly lost a ton of his friends, including me. I just couldn't deal. I also realized that when I was 20, I looked like I was 15. Our whole relationship feels creepier now, looking through yeah. the current lens of the situation, knowing I was obviously groomed. Hell, I'm probably on one of the videos. He's about to go to jail for three months, but that doesn't seem like anything, which is a lot of, which a lot of people think is a slap on the wrist. Yeah, it sounds like it, but that's another story. Some of his family members are urging me to talk to him, even if it is to yell at him, but my gut tells me to just wash my hands of it. My question is, do I reconnect with him on some level? Can I ever forgive someone who was one of the biggest loves of my life and whose family I adore for being such a total creep? Dazed and confused, Stuart. P.S. I'd love to tell you the other red flags. O-M-G. Well, why didn't you? Yeah, exactly. That was your opportunity. Yeah. What a what a what a tease you asked to it. Don't give yourself a hard time about red flags, first of all, when you're 20 fucking years old. You know what I mean? Like that's when you're just starting to figure out like they dated for 10 years, 20 to 30. They dated 10 years. In the 90s. I didn't realize they so dated. So the 10 years. 90s is how that. long ago? So Stuart's 50. Is that what we're talking about? Well, yeah, because if if he was 20. In the 90s. He's in, in his mid, no- mid-40s to 50s. Yeah. Is that huh. right? You do the math on that. No, I that's can't. about right. Yeah. First of all, Stuart, the idea that you were groomed, we need to let go of that. Okay? That's, yeah. I don't know what that is. That's, you were 20, you were an adult, you ended into this relationship. Okay. So whether you looked like you were 12 and a half or not, you were old enough to make your own decision. Right. The- I will say though that 20 is very different than 34. Definitely. This guy lied about his age, all kinds of things. Yeah. I just mean- And also, I guess a little bit grooming you for what? You were in a 10-year relationship with this guy. Yeah. So figure out how you feel about that. Meaning the, you know- my point is just don't go looking for abuse if it didn't happen to you. Okay. Mm. Let me quickly follow that up because I'm not saying this guy's not a creep and a predator and a sociopath and a hundred other things, but there are people who live totally bifurcated lives and he's getting something from his relationship with you. And then he is doing God knows what, And this is everyone's worst nightmare. This is the Dateline episode. This is. Is that the person that you put your trust and your love and everything else in 
is living a totally other existence that, that you don't know about. And the chances of that happening, of course it happens, but it's an aberration. It's not something common in our society. So if you want to go, if you told me that this had just happened and you wanted to go through this list of red flags as it pertained to how you were going to move forward in your life, that's one thing to me. Let's say, in other words, if we could take a time machine to Stuart being 30 now and all of this comes out and he can't believe he's been living with this guy who's been living this double life. But unfortunately, what your story is, what you saddled with, is that this guy presented to you as one thing. Yes, now looking back on it, of course there were red flags, but you're seeing it through this whole other lens. But it doesn't sound like it has gravely affected you in terms of trauma or how you have moved forward in your life. Maybe it has, but that's not what you're presenting to us. You're not saying, I have been living in crisis for the last 15 years, and now I know why, because this was the truth of what happened to me. I was going to say, like, if things, if you had said in your letter, and maybe you left it out, or maybe it's just untrue, but if you had said in your letter that, Exactly. Things are starting to click in with me now about how I was treated, how I was mistreated, um, why people got their hands of on photos of me or, you know, something like that, or just something that I was um, yeah. exploited in a certain way. Um, and that, yeah, that now I'm dealing with this. That's, that is one thing. Um, it's a different thing if you're like, holy shit, that's crazy, you know? And it's, destabilizing to think you have this sort of, there's the mythology of your romantic life over your lifetime. Right. And this was a really big mind fuck. Yeah. And this was a really significant and exciting time in your life. And there were things that were strange, but that you sort of either glossed over or didn't think too much about But remember, this guy is a master manipulator. That is what he does. That is what that is the creature that he is. He is a hunter and a manipulator and a predator. And it sounds like that photographer guy, Terry, whatever, who did like, oh, yes. It's Uh that kind of thing where he was able to collect all these people and was really kind of like only thinly veiled as the most, you know, as a big pervert. Terry Richardson. Yeah. Excellent point. Yeah. Uh, and that when you hear the stories about them, that you think, I don't know, at the time, of course, I thought it was a little strange, but they somehow make it seem like everything is normal. And maybe that's what you're alluding to with the grooming. Right. I mean, Kevin Spacey, whoever. Right. You know, but so I don't want to downplay in any way how destabilizing that is and how sad that is that you now have to mourn something that you had already decided where that lived. Oh, he was my ex-boyfriend. I love, we could never be together, but I love him. And we had so much fun doing this, this, and this. The business with the family, forget about that. That is not your place. That is not your problem. Mm -hmm. That is, what are you supposed to say to him? He is, he is a sick person. Why did they say, even if it's to yell at him? Because they want him to snap out of it. They want someone to tell him off. Yeah. They want someone to say, how could you do this? How could you do this to us? 
you're his family. You say something if you want to. Right. They want, they have guilt by association. They share genetic material with this person. And so they think, how could he be such a creep and a jerk? Someone should tell, and this is what siblings do anyway, is try and tell everyone how to live their lives, each other. Sure. You know what you should do? Yeah. You should do blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't share a bunk bed with you anymore, so I'm probably not right. going <laughs> to probably not going to do what you tell me to yeah. do. Yeah, unless there's something people, you organically want to get off your chest and confront him about, and you need questions answered, go for it. But if this is just you not really thinking you need that, and they're telling you to do it, don't no. do it. And you don't owe no. him your friendship. Oh, and you don't no. owe him your support. And look, people are incredibly complicated and can contain multitudes and can live private, horrible, aberrant, terrible lives and present a whole other face to the world, which it sounds like. I would say most do. He was doing, but it sounds like he, he, well, I don't think people, I think people have coping mechanisms, but I don't think most people are naturally duplicitous. Oh no, sorry. What I meant was People who are into this, the child oh, the pornography pe- yes, thing. That you would never know. You would never know. Yes. Exactly. That's, that yeah. is not the, I don't think most people are child. Right. I just think like, yes. They, they know it's wrong and totally. they hide it. All the way to the gold status of the pedophilia thing of a priest. Yeah. No one initially would ever believe until now everyone believes, but yeah. you know, it just goes to that totally. or the, the family guy, you know, no one would ever think, but it's always those people. It never comes, yeah, it's very rare that anybody says, I'm proud of this and this is wonderful. Right. Uh, that and you is, could spot it a mile away. No, yes. it just doesn't work like that. So it stinks that you sort of have to unpack this and go back and, but you don't, you also don't have to throw away all of the good that came with the relationship because that's part of who you are and part of your identity. And it doesn't mean it wasn't true. And it doesn't mean that he didn't struggle with these two parts of himself. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a psychoanalyst. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not an expert when it comes to this. Two things can be true at the same time. And so you don't have to throw everything away about that relationship if you don't want to. Well, this and this was terrible, but this is the guy that taught me to love movies. Mm. Or he, he's the guy that taught me took me to all the best restaurants in New York and I never even thought about that. And now I'm a person who loves to do things like that. Fine. I'm talking about very simple development identity stuff. This was 20 to 30 of his life. There's a big chunk of when you become a person, but he's a monster. Yeah. And you owe him nothing and you owe his family nothing. No. And his justification of it. How about Mm -hmm. that? It's just Mm -hmm. a peak. These, when this stuff That's comes so to light, crazy. these people's lives uh, exploded and destroyed. Mm-hmm. And as much as we want to see them all go to jail for more than three months, the real penance that they pay is the destruction of their lives, which is that they lose all their friends. Mm-hmm. They lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. They lose whatever. Right. There are certain moments where society finds a way to rebalance itself. And that's the price he's going to pay. You don't want to be friends with a creep. No. You don't have to be. No. And if these people, well, can you call him and can you? No, 
Honestly, mm-hmm. I can't. And I don't, because I don't want to. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable. Well, no. If you have something to say to him, you should say it. But I don't, there is no deep need in me to do that. No. Oh yeah. God, no! I yeah. if you and don't want to do it, do some not of these, do it. This family, you may lose some of their relationships too. But but that's their own cross to bear. Yeah, with they all they of this. shouldn't involve you yeah. in something that you did not ask to be involved in. They have to find, and they may drop you, and then they may come back to you and say it wasn't fair. You know that they're dealing with the sort of dr- drama and trauma of this moment, and everybody's identity is shifting as a result of who they thought this guy was and who they know him to be. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a terrible business. Heartbreaking for that family. Yeah. You know, and all, uh, obviously like, I hope that made, I hope that made sense. What I said, Brian, Not, no, I think uh, it did. Yeah. I am in no way sympathizing with the monster. Oh my I'm God. Of course you're not. That this is why this stuff answer. is so confusing. It is. It is. How in, could you be both things? And the answer is sometimes people are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, does anyone deserve anything this week? I don't know, Rana. Gosh. Oh my God, right. We have to pick. Yeah. Just so, you and May picking this week, which means we can really give it to who we want instead of having to be polite to our guests. That's right. So it's eggs, this guy. And, and the friend who is has the girl the girl in the band who's driving her crazy who's in love with her. Oof. Hmm. They're I all mean, sort of on the same level for me right now. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean because they're all kind of well, the first one is having something done to her, as is the third one. Um Everyone I would say is I could, suffering. Everyone is but suffering. Who's but in pain? I will say oddly, the third one, as that's the obviously the most horrific situation. I didn't read that they were in a lot of grief right now, but maybe I'm wrong. I think every one of our writers today is suffering. Yeah. But I think the only one who's probably in pain and in for a really bumpy, bumpy ride is the one with the eggs. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Because I think that this is about to crack something open a little bit in her relationship. So you know what you want to send her a dash egg cooker? So I want to send. (laughs) So I want to send her a dash egg cooker to help with her fertility (laughs) journey. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh, I don't know whether that's cruel or kind to send an egg. Well, in that house, the humor is cruel. It is funny though. Yeah, it is funny. All right, we'll send her a dash egg cooker. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, that's awful. Uh, but I think that she's the one. Everyone else seems to know that the situation that they're in, and it's traumatic, and but it's temporary. That they all, they both seem to be stable about who they are. Meaning the band and uh, the you know horrible revelation about the past. Yes. And the guy about the past, this has been going on a little while, so he's had a little time to come to terms with it. He just has guilt about who these other people want him to be to them because they're all experiencing this sort of loss together. So he wants to, he's a lovely guy and he wants to help them through it Mm -hmm. and is trying to just sort out how he's supposed to feel about it. But Mm -hmm. it sounds like he's doing pretty well 
otherwise. That it, the, the great news is he sort of has been sort of unscathed by this on some level. We hope. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put words in his mouth. Egg cooker needs to figure out whether she's going to cook those eggs, uh, pass them on, or what she's going to do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I would encourage her to listen to Raising Good Humans or another podcast. I mean, I, the only reason I, of course, I love Dr. Eliza, but everything Dr. Eliza does is research-based. So mm-hmm. she's not doing what we are doing. She's not just decided that she gives great advice and is giving it. She's an actual research psychologist and has incredible experts on. And they talk a lot about what it means to make children feel stable and happy, but also the ability to be themselves. And most of that goes back to the parents and the family unit. So there right. is, it's a little bit of a reverse way to go about it, but it's a way to understand that babies don't just come here and they're hatched and then it's over because you ruined them because you passed on bipolar disorder to them. These are things just like they've been managed in your life that can be, if it would, God forbid to happen, can be managed in their lives. For sure but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. So anyway, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then we have our cliffhanger. Buckle up. Dear Ron O'Brien and radiant guest, not not applicable. applicable. Well, Well, I guess if it's me, I guess if it's me, they got that right too. I'm writing to you to seek some advice on how to deal with a difficult situation involving myself, a close friend and a small cabin in the woods. But first, a quick thank you for the, your marvelous podcast that always brings me so much joy to listen to. One of my favorite pandemic discoveries. I look forward to each episode every week. Back to the dilemma. I'm fortunate enough to have a small two-story cabin in the woods located in a remote part of the British Columbian interior. Yes, Rana, I'm Canadian. My parents built the cabin nearly 40 years ago, and I've been going up there my whole life. As an adult... Uh, I started going up without my parents, instead bringing friends up for fabulous weekends in the snow and summer days spent by the lake canoeing, fishing, and splashing around. It's a marvelous place, and any friend I bring up always asks to come back again. One such friend, we'll call her Michelle, is a friend I've had since I was 19. I'm now in my mid-30s. When she was single, she would come up just her and I, and when she got engaged, her fiancé started bringing, uh, when she got engaged, her fiance started bringing, when she got engaged, started bringing her fiance as well. There was a little bit of a double, double there, but I had double, double after the marriage, they continued to come up. And even during her pregnancy, we had amazing times up in the woods with her baby bump, celebrating the growth of a family and the continued tradition of sharing my family's space with her growing one. She now has two children, a toddler son, and a newborn baby girl. The newborn is an angel, but the toddler is completely unruly. When they first came up with the boy two summers ago, I made the mistake of joining them for the car ride up from the city and endured 450 kilometers of him screaming and crying in his car seat. He was two and cooped up in a car, so I understood. However, however, once he got to the cabin, his behavior continued running Mm-mm. around, screaming, pulling no, things off the shelf and throwing temper tantrums. I chalked it up again to him just being a two-year-old and exercised patience, remembering how much this means to my friend and her family. However, in summer 2020, when they came up with the boy and the newborn, his behavior was even worse. 
The moment he came into the cabin, the first thing he did was grab a pillow from the couch and with a grin, throw it down the stairs. This earned him an immediate timeout. Within three minutes of being inside the place, he was crying in the corner downstairs, waiting for his punishment to be over. Did I mention the cabin is small? Over the course of the next three days, the boy averaged six to 10 timeouts per day. I am not exaggerating. Each timeout sends him into a fit of tears and is often accompanied by a standoff between him and his father, where the timeout will not be declared over until he apologizes for what he has done, or picks up the toy he pelted against the wall, or atones in some way for whatever he's gotten into trouble for. When he's not into trouble, uh, not in trouble, he's usually fussing, asking for a snack, or searching for some more mischief to get into. As a friend of his parents, I sit there and say absolutely nothing. On the last trip, I just focused on the newborn, who I would bounce on my lap and make laugh as her parents dealt with her difficult brother. I keep my mouth zipped as my friend is extremely sensitive, and any criticism of her children or her her parenting style will be taken very personally. Sure. However, I cannot overstate how much this boy's poor behavior overtakes the entire weekend. We spend the full three days dealing with him, and it doesn't seem to me like anyone is having a good time. At least I know I'm not. Nonetheless, after the first trip two years ago, she couldn't stop talking about coming up again. And after last year's trip, she continued to text me from time to time, expressing her anticipation at coming up again this summer. I can't understand why she or her husband would want to go through this again. Alas. With domestic and international travel still uncertain for summer 2021, I know she'll want to come up again. Plus, with the accommodation being free and the settling and the setting being perfect in many ways for small children with so many outdoor activities, I think she likes having the option of a cheap getaway that only involves packing the kids in the car and paying for the gas up there and back. Hmm. Not even making you dinner. <laughs> After this last trip, I told myself I couldn't play host again for another three days with that child and the stress of watching his parents trying to manage him. I thought I'd never say this, but guys, I promise you it's really that bad. The worst part is when my friend and her husband get into it with each other over how the how best to deal with the boy. It's so uncomfortable. My question is, how do I avoid having them come, again, come up again for another trip? She's been up nearly every summer for the last 10 years, and to stop inviting her now would not go unnoticed. Is there a way I can tell my friend that I want her family to come up, but the constant chaos with the boy needs to stop? I personally think he's just bored, and when I take him outside for moments to build fires or teach him how to fish or throw a ball around, he has a great time and calms right down. One time, during the middle of the chaos, I asked him to come sit on the couch and sing a song with me, and he loved it. But the moment he gets back back around his parents, uh, he's back to his antics and driving everyone crazy in a 10 by 22 story space. Sometimes I wonder if I'm just being an insensitive jerk who needs to suck it up and deal with the four of them once a year, once a year for three days and cross my fingers that once the kids hits a certain age, he'll grow out of it. I'm a single gay male with no children and maybe I'm just not used to being around kids. No. I need advice and I need it fast. With some approaching, I'm expecting that text from her any day when she asks for my availability this summer to bring her family up for another vacay. Help. Wits end in the woods. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, I've definitely got an opinion on this one. I I know you do. I do too. <laughs> That's a doozy. I know you do. Yeah. I've seen you with with how you handle misbehaved children. Oh yeah, no yeah. time for them. Out of Absolutely my house. Absolutely no time. That's right. And I will just say this one thing, which is let's not pretend they don't know his, their son is misbehaving. Right. Let's just not They're all play just that, exhausted, that game. Probably. Yeah. Who even knows? Yeah. Um, all right, dear. Well, this was absolutely wonderful to spend the time with you. Uh, Rana, I wanted As to just usual. D- take a bubble bath while we were doing it. It was so intimate. Well, let's not do that, but let's let's recreate the feeling of a bubble bath. Sure. Do you still have the bath tray that I gave you? Of course I do. I was on my laptop on it the other night. Really? Yeah. You lap is your laptop still in a Ziploc bag or what's the system these yeah, days? Yeah, still in the Ziploc Ziploc bag and then occasionally <laughs> I use my iPad if I'm watching Judy or something, but yeah. Uh I would just want to remind people one last time before we go and they'll be hearing this over the next couple of weeks, but they really have to do this soon. If they want to come to our anniversary coffee clatch, it's for our coffee subscribers. Uh, and we'll they be have live to, with them. Yeah, we will be live. Just just the two of us having a little coffee clatch chat anniversary party. And that'll be on June 11th, Friday, June 11th. And we need your email addresses if we don't already have them. So if you're either signing up new or you're already signed up, make sure you go into your Shopify account and add your email address if it's not there. Correct. So, uh, and Shopify doesn't send you any unsolicited emails and neither does Bixby because uh, they have my email address and I, I've never experienced No, that. me neither. Yeah, they yeah. don't, they don't so. do it. All right, dear. I absolutely adore you and adore I look you. forward to our next adventure together. As do I. Give Sherman a little snuzzle for me. I will. He's underneath the desk right now, snuzzling away. Wonderful. I know. He's going to love the vineyard. I know. We're going to have so much fun there. Um, he well, can ride on the ferry with me. or Yeah. you. Oh, he does like ferries. I've seen pictures does. of him yeah, on yeah, ferries yeah. before. So we, the two of us but can ride on the ferry. But he was with Derek in that picture. Meet your comedy friend. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go Who's get my drunk. comedy friend? Borat. Oh, Dan Swimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fabulous. Yeah, we can't um, wait to meet him. Yes. I'll put together a little act of Sherman and me to the kind of a comedy thing that maybe we could make sure you both have matching hats. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. You're right. And maybe you can train uh, Sherman to hold a cane in his mouth. That would be so cute. Okay, yeah. I'm going to do that. A little bow, a bow to hat, and a cane. I'll do my little, little comedy routine. Sherman would look great in a vest, like part yeah. of a an acapella group, a little quartet, a barbershop quartet look. Absolutely sure. he would. Yeah. And of course, like I'll get like um, some sort of ring of fire or something and train him and he can jump through sure. that. Or, yeah. Sure. Okay. All right, dear. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.